It is the fifth Sunday of November, and for our guests, just so you'll know what's going on, on this particular Sunday, we do two things. Number one, we typically have a congregational meeting, which will take place in just a few moments, but before that, we take some time to answer questions that have been submitted by members and guests on the fifth Sunday, and just want to let you know that we don't don't offer this lesson because I think I have all the answers to all the questions that are out there. I don't. Uh, but we do believe that the Bible has all the answers to the questions that we need to ask to help us glorify God. And so we want to take a look at what the Scripture says about the questions that come up. Uh, secondly, we don't offer this lesson for me to do your study for you. Uh, rather, I hope that what we'll recognize is that whatever we talk about from the Scripture today, any questions that anybody has submitted... But rather, this is kind of a jumping-off point, and I recognize that I might miss some things, and I might not get all of the passages that apply to a question that's asked, and so if when we're done, you think that I missed something, or maybe I didn't get exactly the right answer, or the passages that I should have used didn't use, whatever, if you want to study it more, I'd be happy to get together and talk with you. Today, we've got a very intriguing question that's been submitted, and it's a, it's a difficult question, I think, in some ways. Is it wrong for a Christian to marry a non-Christian. And I understand that when it comes to this question that opinions vary, and I understand that emotions run deep. The thing I hope that you will recognize as we answer this question that our job is to find out what the Scripture says, not try to make the Scripture say what we want it to say for whatever reason. And so as we take a look at this question, let's just see what does the Scripture say. Is it wrong for a Christian to marry a non-Christian. Before we look at that, would you bow with me in prayer, please? Almighty God and Father in heaven, we love you and we're so thankful for all that you've done for us. You bless us greatly. You've given us your Son that gives us forgiveness and freedom, sets us free to pursue your righteousness. You provided the Spirit which gives us guidance through your Word that we might know how to honor and glorify you. And Father, we pray that as we answer the questions that we struggle with, as we try to glorify you and walk in your narrow way, that you will help us have our hearts open and our minds open to your word, and that we'll allow you to govern our lives as we strive to serve you. Father, we thank you so much for your love, and we love you. Through your Son we pray. Amen. As we answer this question, is it wrong for a Christian to marry a non-Christian, the very first thing that I think we need to notice is that the Scripture clearly demonstrates Christians married to non-Christians. In Acts chapter 16 and verse 1, in Acts chapter 16 and verse 1, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. Here, it's, the implication is the father is not a believer. The mother was a Jewish woman who was a believer. The father is just a Greek. That is, an unbeliever. Also notice in First Peter chapter 3, in 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, in 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, Peter wrote, Likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Here are wives that obey the word, married to husbands that do not obey the word. And finally, take a look in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Beginning at verse 12. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 12 it says, To the rest I say, I not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. 
If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. Here again, we have believers married to unbelievers. So, as we're trying to answer this question, is it wrong for a Christian to marry a non-Christian? We need to recognize that the Scripture provides examples of Christians married to non-Christians. The second thing that I think we need to recognize is that if God had said that it was wrong for Christians to marry non-Christians, then I think we would have some type of scriptural authorization uh, to get out of those marriages that we'd say were unlawful. But that is not what we have. In fact, there is no authorization for those who find themselves in this kind of marriage to divorce lawfully. In Matthew chapter 19, Matthew chapter 19, remember that the Jews and the Pharisees had questioned Jesus about whether or not it was lawful to divorce for any reason, and Jesus basically said no. God joined them, don't let them separate. And so they asked about Moses and the certificate of divorce. And in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 9, Jesus said, And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Now there's an interesting exception clause in there that's going to modify some of the meaning of this statement, but let's pull that out for just a moment and read what the text says. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. Notice what this says. If somebody divorces their spouse, if somebody puts their spouse away and they marry somebody else, what are they doing? They're committing adultery. But there is an exception. There is an exception to that statement. Here's the statement. Whoever divorces his wife, marries another, is committing adultery. But there is an exception. The exception, however, is not whoever marries his wife, whoever divorces his wife, unless she's not a Christian, and marries another commits adultery. It's whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality. God does provide one option by which we divorce our spouse and we're not committing adultery when we marry again, and that is if we divorce our spouse for sexual immorality. Then we are not committing adultery. What does that say? If I divorce my spouse because they're not a Christian and I marry somebody else, what am I doing? I'm committing adultery. So there's no authorization for getting out of such a marriage. In fact, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, where we just were moments ago, let's notice again what it said. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 12, we notice that there were Christians married to non-Christians. But I want you to notice, not only do we not have authorization for someone to get out of this marriage lawfully for this reason, we have the command to stay in it. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 12, To the rest I say, I, not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever, and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever, and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are, uh, they are holy. So the point again is, the Scripture does not provide authorization to get out of such a marriage. In fact, it provides a command to stay in such a marriage. So basically, I think if we just stop there, we recognize the Scripture provides examples of Christians married to non-Christians. We know that there's, it's not lawful to get out of such a marriage. And so, as I see it, that demonstrates that Christians can marry non-Christians, and that's not unlawful. It's not wrong. But somebody, of course, is going to ask, what about that verse we read just moments ago? What about 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18 that Michael read to us so well just a minute ago? Didn't Michael just do a great job? 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 14, the text says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said. I make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. One of the disagreements my father and I used to have was about this very question that we're talking about today. And every time we talked about it, this is the passage you always went to. But this text says the believers should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And as you're talking about marriage, and then you come to this passage that talks about being yoked, it's very easy to say, oh, that's talking about marriage. But we need to understand the context of this passage is not our discussion about marriage. The context of this passage is actually about something else. Uh, the thing that I'd like to point out to you, just before we start taking a look at the context, is that if this passage is talking about marriage, then we've got a big contradiction in Paul's writing in his first letter to the Corinthians and the second letter to the Corinthians. Because in verse 14, when it says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, it's saying that we should not be married, that, it, that it's wrong for a Christian to marry a non-Christian, that that's a sin. Verse 17 provides the solution. What's the solution? Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them. If this is talking about being married to a non-Christian, the answer is go out from their midst and be separate. But wait a minute. What did it say in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 12? To the rest I say, I not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. He should not go out from her. But what I come away from this is, is that, well, we know that 1 Corinthians 7 is talking about marriage. We know that. And so 2 Corinthians 6 must not be talking about marriage. And so, we ask the question then, well, what is it talking about? It's not about marriage, what is it talking about? And that's, that's a logical question. For those who, who look at this passage and say, oh, I think that's about marriage, what else could it be talking about? I'd like for you to notice the context. Look in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 11. In 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 11, it says, We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. And then in chapter 7 and verse 2 it says, Make room in your hearts for us. We have wronged no one. We have corrected no one. We have taken advantage of no one. Before this section of Scripture and after this section of Scripture, Paul says, widen your hearts, open your hearts to us. And then in between those two statements, he talks about not being open to something else. And what we have in this passage is actually a thematic element in the book of 2 Corinthians that Paul is going to start dealing with throughout the second half of this letter. And that is, is that the Corinthians have been opening their hearts to unbelievers, to those who would come in and act as if they are apostles, but then would turn them away from the doctrine of Christ. In fact, if you read the second half of 2 Corinthians, you'll see that over and over again, especially in chapters 10 through 12. We're not going to read that whole section, but I encourage you to read that. But notice specifically in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 12. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 12, Paul says, And what I do, I will continue to do, in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission they work on the same terms as we do. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. 
And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, but their end will correspond to their deeds. And also notice 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11, Paul says, I have been a fool. You forced me to it. For I ought to have been commended by you. For I was not at all inferior to these super apostles, even though I am nothing. The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience, with signs and wonders and mighty works. For in love were you less favored than the rest of the churches, except that I myself did not burden you. Forgive me this wrong. Notice the theme that Paul has throughout the remainder of this book as he's pointing out that the Corinthians needed to open their hearts to Paul and the true apostles and close their hearts to those who would take them away from Christ, to those who were coming in and presenting themselves as apostles, but instead they were false apostles. They were, they were minions of Satan, and they were going to turn them away. And what Paul says is, don't be unequally yoked. Don't allow those who are going to turn you away from God and take you back to where you came from to come in and overtake the church. In fact, he quoted from Isaiah 52. In Isaiah chapter 52, verses 11 and 12. In Isaiah chapter 52, verses 11 and 12, Paul quoted there, it says, Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of her. Purify yourselves, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. For you shall not go out in haste. You shall not go out in flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. This is a prophecy of the release of Israel and Judah from their captivities in Assyria and Babylon. And it says that when this release comes, you'll be able to go out, depart, and carry no unclean thing with you. And so as Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, as he's talking to these Christians, and he's telling them what they need to do to not be unequally yoked, he's pointing out to them, you've been delivered from captivity. Why would you go back into that captivity? You don't bring any of that stuff from your captivity with you. The temple of God has nothing to do with idols. We're not a part of that. Don't bring that baggage in. Leave that baggage behind and just come to God and do what he says. And so this passage is not dealing with marriage. It's dealing with the church. It's dealing with the fact that we as Christians have come out of the world and we don't need to bring any of that worldliness with us into the church because that's not what the church is about. Well, of course, someone hears that and they'll follow up with this statement. Isn't it unwise? But isn't it unwise? Edwin, don't you think that it's unwise? Well, the first thing I think we need to recognize is that unwise is not the same as wrong. Even if we were all convinced that it was unwise, that is not the same as wrong. In the same vein that somebody might point out to us that it's not wise for us to go out and eat a country fried steak at Cracker Barrel this afternoon. But that does not make it wrong. And we need to make a distinction that just because we think something is unwise does not mean we get to make a rule for God. We may want to encourage folks to steer clear of something that we think is unwise. And it's good to encourage them to steer clear of something that we think is unwise. But our view of the wisdom of something does not allow us to create rules for God. Now, somebody asks us, uh, somebody asked me, Edwin, do you think it's unwise for a Christian to marry a non-Christian? I'll be honest with you. All things being equal? Yes, I think that's an unwise choice. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And I've seen plenty of Christians marry non-Christians, and over time their faith in Christ was corrupted and they were turned away. But I have to tell you this. I've also seen plenty of Christians marry non-Christians and the non-Christian got converted. 
I've also seen plenty of Christians marry a Christian and both of them fall away later. You know, one of the things that I have to admit is that the Christian divorce rate is rising in lockstep with the world's divorce rate. And the answer to these questions is not make up rules for God. That's just not the answer. And I think sadly what all too often has happened is we as parents are concerned for our children and we can see the potential dangers that could come from such a marriage. And so in hopes to get them to make the choice that we want them to make, uh, we make up rules. And we just can't do that. We just can't make up rules for God. Is it unwise? I think it's unwise. All things being equal. But that doesn't mean that it's wrong. I'm not sitting here trying to say for all of the folks who aren't married yet, please do not go home to your parents and say, see, I can just marry whoever I want. I don't have to worry about it. That's not the case. That's not what I'm saying. But I am pointing out that as we deal with this very difficult question, the answer is not to make up a rule for God. I'll tell you the thing that we really need to be concerned about. I think sadly what all too often happens is that we think if we can convince folks to marry the right person, they'll be okay for the rest of their lives. And that's just not true. I've seen too many cases where it looked like they married the right person and that person went off and they took their spouse with them. I've seen atheists become Christians after they got married and I've seen Christians become atheists after they got married. But I'll tell you the thing that we need to be concerned about is not not necessarily what kind of person should I marry, but what kind of person should I be when I'm married. And the reality is here, what we need to be teaching our kids is not making up rules, but teaching that whoever you end up marrying, and I certainly hope kids that you talk to your parents and get good advice from them, but whoever you end up marrying, your job is to be faithful to them. Your job is to fulfill your responsibilities no matter what they do. And I can tell you, whether you marry a Christian or a non-Christian, marriage is going to be tough for you. And you've got to be committed to serve God and do His will and not turn away from Him no matter what your spouse does. No matter where they are when you marry them and no matter where they end up ten years down the road. That's the thing that we have to keep in mind. Now the question is, is it wrong for a Christian to marry a non-Christian? As much as sometimes we want to make up this rule, I have to say that the Bible tells us no it is not wrong. If you have a question that you would like to be dealt with sometime during this on these fifth Sundays, or maybe if it's one that's uh, broader than we can deal with at this time, we'll deal with it on, on another sermon. Feel free to drop that in the box outside my office or to email that to me. We've got a couple uh, that we still haven't ever gotten to, but uh, we'll, we'll continue to work on these one at a time or however many we can get in. Thank you so much for your attention. Again, if you have any questions or discussion about that, feel free. I'd love to talk with you about that.